I'm Francis Callier. And I'm Angela V. Shelton. And we're Frangela. You know what you need in your life? Hmm. The Final Word Podcast. Yes, you do. That's right. It is the final word on all things political and pop cultural. Where we make real news real funny. Where we inspire you so you can hashtag resist. Subscribe and get a new episode of the Final Word Podcast each week. It's the news we think you need to hear. That's right. We think you need to hear it. Okay? Yeah, it's what we say so. That's right. And because all we do is give, every Thursday you can listen to our hysterical podcast, Idiot of the Week. We round up the stupid because you know what? Somebody has to. Okay. All we do is give. I'm Greg Oliar. Four years ago, I stopped writing novels to report on the crimes of Donald Trump and his associates. In 2018, I wrote a best-selling book about it, Dirty Rubles. In 2019, I launched Prevail, a bi-weekly column about Trump and Putin, spies and mobsters, and so many traitors! Trump may be gone, but the damage he wrought will take years to fully understand. Join me and a revolving crew of contributors and guests as we try to make sense of it all. This is Prevail. Hey all, this is Glenn Kirshner, and you're listening to Muller She Wrote. So to be clear, Mr. Trump has no financial relationships with any Russian oligarchs. That, that's what he said. I, I, that's what I said. That's obviously what the, the, our position is. I'm not aware of uh, any of those activities. I have been called a surrogate at a time or two in that campaign, and I didn't have not have communications with the Russians. What do I have to get involved with Putin for? I have nothing to do with Putin. I've never spoken to him. I don't know anything about him other than he will respect me. Russia, if you're listening, I hope you're able to find the 30,000 emails that are missing. So, it is political. You're a communist. No, Mr. Green. Communism is just a red herring. Like all members of the oldest profession, I'm a capitalist. Hello, and welcome to Muller She Wrote. I'm your host, A.G., Allison Gill. Today, I'm excited because I'm going to have a conversation with one of my very favorite people, Lincoln's Bible. We're going to talk about our national conversation, disinformation, propaganda, and defending institutions. And then we have some big sabotage news, and of course, we'll have the Fantasy Indictment League. But first up, my chat with LB. Happy to be joined today by my good friend, Stephanie, host of The World Beneath, Lincoln's Bible on Twitter. Stephanie, hi, how are you? Hi. <laughs> I think this is the first time I've used your first name in one of our interviews. It's nice. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a relief for all of my my great, great friends who, you know, were so wonderful for so long just calling me LB. And, but, you know, still call me LB. It's fine. Yeah. You, yeah, you're still LB. Like, like I'm AG to most people. Uh, yeah. The way that it ended up. Yeah. <laughs> because of what we did for so many years, right? It's so long. <laughs> we thought we'd been in and out. <laughs> no, we're still here. And and just, it seems like, you know, we're in an old black and white movie somewhere in a communist country trying to keep our identity secret while we talk about propaganda and disinformation. But that's like literally what we've been doing. That's literally, and it was, it was stupid, but necessary. And here we are. Yeah. And the government still found me, investigated me, and removed me. It's a movie, LB. <laughs> okay, I can write that movie, actually. I really can. Let's, let's shoot oh, it in black well. and white to give it that real, like, you know, that flavor for how we're used to seeing these kind of movies. 
right. I pick a silent movie too with subtitles that are just our tweets. Yeah, that, I mean, this is a good idea. Actually, we might be picking up here or I terrible. Like it. I like yeah. it. We'll get um, too early in the morning, Allison, for me to figure <laughs> this out. We'll get we'll get Weedus to do our music and. <laughs> be awesome <laughs> so many resistors that are musicians it's amazing I know, everyone but me so i'm you're all invited over because it's nothing i love more than just great music mm. um just playing all around me i just have no i have no talent so i promise i won't sing because it's really awful and i just sit and listen and make sure everybody has good snacks i don't know it could be a you know like a a situation like a Cameron Diaz kind of a situation where everyone just loves you anyway, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Cameron, that's the way it goes. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of propaganda and disinformation, that's what I wanted to talk to you about today because you and I were having a Twitter or a, a text, we were text messaging back and forth about, you know, I remember going through Mueller, she wrote and, and some folks, some, some concerned people took me aside it was, in fact, it was the ladies from Gaslit Nation, and they're like, you need to quit acting like Mueller's going to save us. He's not a messiah. He's not a this. And then I talked to some other people who are into, you know, who are experts at messaging and propaganda, and they're like, yeah, you know, we should probably temper expectations. So that's what I began doing um, yeah. well before the report came out. And, and you know, I started, to, and I have multiple tweets that say, hey, we, you know, we need to, he's not going to save us. We can save us. It's our government. He's he's a prosecutor. That's what he is. And and I started applying this to um, to Merrick Garland. And you know, I'm 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 generally a defender of the Department of Justice. Absolutely. Yeah. And and um, of course, I criticize them when I find it's necessary. Um, but I've been labeled like a hope porn peddler um, with an army of flying hope monkeys. I don't know what that means. And uh, and that that somehow now this is uh, dangerous, even though I am saying on uh, multiple occasions, he's not going to save us. I've been conservative. I said yeah. he's not going to go after seditious conspiracy. It's too hard to prove he'll uh, he, if I were him, I would stick to obstructing an official proceeding. It carries the same sentence as seditious conspiracy. Much, much easier to prove in court. A lot of precedent, a lot of history. And then he drops these sedition charges. So I actually underestimated him, but I'm still labeled a hope porn salesperson. And so uh, you, what you had pointed out was it's not that we disagree. It's the language that we're using. And I was hoping you could tell us a little bit about how we're missing each other with that language. Yeah, I, I was. Oh, well, let's let's ground everyone in a real specific exchange that um it wasn't really exchange. It was someone tweeted something and you tweeted a reply. And in that reply, it encapsulated for me. Now, uh, oh, let's walk through it because I, it was a new thought and also, but an old framework. And um, so I, I did my best. I actually, you know, told you I wrote notes today. I never write notes. I wrote this down because I want to be careful. And this is about, we're at a point where we need to start what I call separating or distinguishing things that are getting really collapsed. And it becomes very confusing for all of us who have been in this conversation since the Mueller days to try and move forward together because of the very thing you just pointed out. It's like, yeah, I, that language of save us, 
before thinking hanging that was actually not okay for and it was really Allison very personally not okay for you not because of any other reason other than you get attacked and you get attacked from what look like advocates from that are really adversaries attacking your voice and you get attacked by by it truly get aggressed i think for by people who aren't adversaries but are in their own state of hyper adrenalized brain dumps of fear and agitation because we've all been being agitated um in order to use our voice on the agitating addictive platforms that we've been on so we're in the middle of of a, of a you know it's every well, that thing that keeps coming up that metaphor everyone uses of the frog boiling in the pot um and i'm going to lean into that a little bit and hopefully we can evolve even that look at that metaphor and i'll use that a bit but the but the big thing is this exchange is what broke the thought for me um it was it was rich is it signorelli I think so, yeah. Yeah. Friend of mine. uh, Friend of mine on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And and a great voice on Twitter. Former US attorney and has a podcast. He does uh, civil uh, criminal litigation in New York. And uh, he had tweeted, I I don't, I think it was, um, it's not yet too late for the DOJ to save us. This was part of his tweet. I hope we see action soon. And you replied, the fact that anyone thinks something to the effect of the fact that anyone thinks that the DOJ will save us terrifies me. Um, so I uh, let's start with if there's anything else you want to say about why that terrifies you. Well, yeah, because you know while I think mostly Mueller did his job, yeah, uh, he did not save us. What saved us was voting. Um, right now we are running up against a wall on voting with cinema slamming the door shut on uh, carving out a filibuster for voting rights. Voting is not going to be as easy as it was, believe it or not, in 2016, 2018, 2020. Because not only are we going to have the Russians and the Chinese and all this disinformation and does and propaganda, we are, uh, you know, trying to suppress the vote by disillusioning Americans into thinking your vote doesn't count. Uh, we're also going to have people physically blocking you from voting <laughs> at the polling, uh, at, at mm-hmm. polling stations. And we're going to have all of these new laws that make voting more difficult, especially for disenfranchised uh, Americans. And now we're, in some states, throwing the decision of, of the state electors into state legislatures, which are Republican state legislatures. And they can just overturn the will of the people and hand in their own alternate slates of electors, a fraud scheme that we've seen uncovered now. That happened in, in 2020. So I'm terrified that people will think that if by that if Merrick Garland doesn't arrest Donald Trump, that our that our nation is somehow doomed. Uh, I I think that would be a an incredible miscarriage of justice and a tragedy. And I think that it would uh, send a, a a signal that future despots can uh, can obstruct justice unfettered or or break the law. Uh, cheat elections, uh, you know, without uh, facing consequences. Um, but also, when you think about justice, it never quite looks how we want it to look. I, you know, Mueller did everything that he could to, to not get fired, to put to hand forth the obstruction of justice charges, to put together his report. It was spun and mishandled and mischaracterized terribly. 
and it it was it was pretty much a dud, uh, and you know not not just because of his you know uh, performance, but because he was stonewalled. There were there's tons of obstruction of justice. He was lied to. People pled the fifth. People destroyed evidence. He wasn't able to prove beyond a reasonable doubt, obtain and maintain a conviction that there was conspiracy. Uh, it, we'll we'll see what happens with the obstruction of justice volume two charges. That's still. But he also said he didn't not not prove that. Correct. Not 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 not. So again, but, and and that's what I'm thinking. Of Merrick right. Garland oh. is going to be. You know, it's not going to look the way we want it to look. People are calling for treason hangings and perp walks, and you know, we were playing early on in the Mueller investigation those videos of the FBI tackling Trump and handcuffing him and taking him out, setting up a false. Uh, expectation that can never be met. And then when it is not met, we are disillusioned, we feel doomed, and we don't go to the polls. And I don't mean you or I or Richard. Um, and so that is what I'm trying to, I'm trying to temper expectations in this case. The seditious conspiracy charges blew me out of the fucking water for that very reason. Yeah, yeah, that's, that was great. <laughs> it was and, great. And let's, let's talk about that. And then we'll come back around to this. So for, for one little second, but here's a way to temper the expectations on that. The seditious conspiracy could just be among, in terms of what we see as charges, members of the Oath Keepers and not reach anyone above that. We don't know. And so the, the place that we're in again, um, as observers of this who are paying attention, is we're try still trying to read tea leaves. And that's, that's I've stopped doing that. <laughs> I learned my lesson. Um, no, right. I ask questions now instead of reading tea leaves. Yeah. Instead yeah. of instead of putting beans on, everyone will notice I've put a lot fewer beans on things in this particular investigation, and I I'm, I more ask questions. But the, I think that the message I want people to understand is that an eleven person seditious conspiracy of a white supremacist domestic terror group, the that is huge and incredible and important in and of itself, whether it goes up above beyond it or not. Well, it is. And here's, here's, so here's, here's where I hope maybe you and I together can move the conversation so that, because what I see is the frogs in the pot, all of us are pointing at one another. And because that metaphor has been, and I want to, really talk about what the pot is, right? what's the pot and who are we and what are we looking at? And you've been a great um, a, a sort of follower of the advice as I have of the, of the experts on tyranny um, and, and authoritarianism and how, how state, how nation states fall to this. And even we can, you know, this American exceptionalism that we somehow can't, can't do that, can't fall to an authoritarian regime or rule of a strong man is very naive and very much in denial. So we're paying attention to defending our institutions. And you've been one of the great vocal defenders of the institution of the Department of Justice. So, uh, and it is really necessary to do that. Um, and we're frogs in the pot right now. We're just gonna stick with that because everyone gets that. Meaning that by the time we realized the threat that we were under, it's too late. We're, we're by, so, there is a huge part that that's the landscape that we're dealing with the pot, the water in the pot. What is that? But in that metaphor, 
what I, what I found is most, we're all pointing, we're frogs yelling at one another about the pot. How hot is it? Is it really that hot? Is it really time to jump out? Is it time? Blah, blah, blah. What about this bubble? I don't know what that means. We've forgotten. Do you think this is gas what? or electric? What? Is it gas no. or electric? I don't know. If gas is like, 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 like are we at eight? Whatever, not eight. We're at nine. Or like, like, we just blah, 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 blah. Okay, this is what we're doing. And we're doing this with the semantics that we choose. So, Signor Elliot, grab that semantic, save us. For you, that means something. It goes into a place. Um, and to try to clarify all that and tweets going back and forth on Twitter, thank God you have your podcast, because it does take a conversation, a real conversation. And even to get, you know, our own thoughts together. So what what we've forgotten uh, to point at is that there's a murderer in this story that we leave out of the frog in the pot. There's someone who knew enough about the frog and the frog's psychology and the frog's body and the the geopolitical landscape of the frog, of the water to use, or the water that the frogs find themselves in, um, and what kind of size of pot to use, and what kind of stove to put it on, and what temperature to start it at, and how to keep turning up the heat slowly so the frog didn't realize the frog was in the pot. We make a grave mistake when we look at each other and we stop realizing that there's a sadistic killer in the room, <laughs> okay? Mm -hmm. So, uh, and I don't mean that Donald, that idiot is the sadistic killer. He's just one of, he's a temperature on the dial. He's a temperature on the dial. So I, we're far enough into this um, subversion of our democracy on every level, an attack of so many of our institutions, and you and I can go through a quick list of them. To be able to see now, I don't think we could see it in 2016, even though the heads of 17 US intelligence agencies came forward and spoke and they never speak in front of the Senate body and it's so that the people could hear it and testified that our democratic processes, our election, our, elect, our, our process of voting, not the vote booths, but that process of choosing a leader, choosing a nominee and a ticket and a two-party system that is our democracy was under attack. It was under attack. Mm -hmm. That was the moment that the frogs should have all gotten out of the fucking pot. So why did we stay in the pot? Why wasn't that enough? That was a hair on fire moment for me. That's when I threw up. That's when I became assumed a pseudonym, Lincoln's Bible, and went to Twitter because I understood what that, what that meant, that those men, unfortunately it was all men at that point, um, sat there and told us that. That was under the Obama administration. It was not under the Trump administration. There, is a, there are many frog fingers to point in lots of directions of the failure of the American people to, uh, uh, in that moment, our failure and the failure of those who were there to protect us, right? That we put into power 
So we don't have to do things like become legal scholars on the nuances of the blah, 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 right? What does this, this conspiracy charge even mean? For God's sakes, I'm a screenwriter. You're a comedian and musician. Look, look at where the fuck we are. <laughs> look at what we've had to do because there's failure all around us. So guess what that failure is? That failure is the erosion of a several of our institutions that has been going on for a very long time because the water has been boiling slowly for much longer than we think because the murderer has been in the room for much longer than we think. And I'm not just putting the murderer on the Kremlin and Vladimir Putin, even though that's who those, those uh, intel chiefs warned us about, told us this is the person who's fucking boiling the pot, guys. Um, it, it's... I do think we can see now there's been quite a, you know, we have our, our own president now that we put into office after the abomination of the Trump years, um, whose first address to Congress, he stood up and he said, to our political adversaries, you know, some people aren't our adversaries. They're not on our level. They can't come. They're not, if they, if they're insignificant, right? But there are significant, we have adversaries, real adversaries, China, Russia, especially in that combination. Um, plenty uh, when a coalition in the Middle East of sovereign uh, royal states there it's decide to join in on the mix, it's 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 potent. Um, there's there's other nations when they join in when they put their foot on this pedal of yeah we've decided that democracy we don't want that anymore at the top of the geopolitical landscape. I don't think it's like let's end democracy. I think it's like let's end the power of the United States. <laughs> mm. um, it's about toppling us. And there have been big nation states that have been there before us. The last big one to be toppled was the Soviet Union. That was a two to three decade campaign, coordinated campaign to get them to self implode. Does that sound familiar, everybody? <laughs> yeah. The way to topple these big nation states like us is to get them to self-implode, to do it without, what is the quote about how George H.W. Bush and even Reagan ended the Cold War without firing a shot? Well, what is happening to us? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? So, so that's the landscape to look at. And when we look at that, really pull high up and look at the, what, the, what the murderer's playbook has been, it is, and this, this term, sometimes some people in intelligence don't like hybrid warfare being used unless you're talking about specific things like cyber attacks and things that fall within the military industrial complex. Well, a massive PSYOP using social media is now part of um, the military industrial co uh, defense complex. Well, it is. It was written up by their, the generals in Russia. Oh, this is our new fucking plan. Or this is our new this, war. This is, that's why they funded all those fucking hoodie wearing pieces of shit in Silicon Valley. So the, it, this is what they wanted. They wanted th this, this deterioration. Our institutions have been under these attack. Our fourth estate, the corporatization of the fourth estate to where we're all excusing everything away to algorithms or clickbait and all that. Yeah, there's a, there's a bigger hand underneath all that, guys. I'm not trying to be conspiratorial. I'm telling you, you can't explain it all away that way. And now that there's putting a profit motive in to our news, whether we did it to ourselves or there was intention in that from the beginning to use that, 
it's there now and it's weaponized. We can't rely on the fourth estate. It's why you have a goddamn podcast. Mm -hmm. It's why I'm here, right? So, because we, we as citizens had to rise up and fill the void, fill the void of where our institution should be there for us. And instead, it's been rotted out from the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, the institution of our electoral processes, as you said, it's now gone down. Our civil rights, these, these things that we relied on for our democracy have been rotted out from underneath. And we didn't know it because we were in a fucking slow boiling pot. So that's when I tweeted, when I texted you, I said, this is a landscape issue. Right of all of how our institutions have been under attack and how long they have been being degraded. The, the judiciary, look at how long Leonard Leo and the Federalist Society with its dark money, you know, Citizens United, we can go back to that. This has been a long, long process of boiling us and degrade. The boiling water is our institutions and they have been being degraded for far longer and with far more intention than we thought. Our good buddy, Greg Oliar, said, you know, where I made a mistake in the whole thing in the last Trump era was that I really thought that the Republican Party would say, hey, this is Russia. Wait a minute. This is our old adversary. We can't let this happen. And so that was his mistake. Again, that's a political party, the big political party, and it's two, there's two, only two big ones in this nation, and that's been completely degraded and eroded and corrupted before any of us even knew it. They, they're, they're corrosive. They're, it's, it's, it's rot. It's rot. So, so we can't rely on that, right? So this is where I wanted to get with this whole thing with this tweet back and forth. The job of the Justice Department, what that institution is there for, is to prosecute crimes. Prosecuting the crime of the former president, and there were multiple, actually is the job that we need them to do. And because all of our other institutions that we would have relied on it to be guardrails of democracy, have been so corroded, so rotted out. We are left at the end of the day. This actually is a Hail Mary. And the Hail Mary is just do the goddamn job. Yeah, but it, I mean, you know, on one hand, because it's been so gutted, it, it it's like trying to drive from Los Angeles to New Jersey in a gremlin. But we can do it. I got strong legs. We hug it out and push. We can push that car and we can steer the wheel from the outside. We can go full hangover, put a fucking tiger in that fucking gremlin and I'll still push that motherfucker over the state. We could do it. And it does mean we have to show up in force and it means we have to keep raising our voice. And, you know, I only had one criticism of Merrick Garland, just one. And that was, he needs to talk to us. Right. I never called for anything to happen other than start talking, motherfucker. And he did. He talked to us on January 5th and proved that he can. And he can. And he can continue to talk to us. I was tired of the tea leaves. I, the tea leaves will take us down because every all the frogs are pointing at one another. Politics abhors a vacuum. And the, that's what makes the DOJ a great target for disinformation is because they're slow and quiet. Uh, yeah. But I want to talk to you about raising raising our voices uh 
in the right way. But I have to take a quick break. So everybody stick around. We'll be right back. Are you listening to the Midas Touch podcast? Three brothers, Ben, Brett, and Jordy, who started a political movement fighting for democracy, and they released a viral video that got over 2 billion views, billion with a B. They host a twice-a-week Midas Touch podcast now. Unapologetically pro-democracy and no bullshit, the Midas Touch podcast has the top politicians and changemakers as guests on their shows. The Midas Touch podcast delves deep in today's most important social and political issues that are ignored by much of the media, and they deliver the news with sincerity, humor, and brotherly love. See why the Midas Touch podcast on the Midas Media Network is one of the top news podcasts in America and the world. And just so happy to announce that the Midas Touch Network is a network media partner of MSW Media. You can subscribe now to the Midas Touch podcast. It's M-E-I-D-A-S-T-O-U-C-H, wherever podcasts are available. Again, you have to check it out. It's one of the best news and politics podcasts out there. So we're here with uh, LB, Lincoln's Bible host of the World Beneath podcast, which you have to listen to if you haven't. It's amazing. And uh, before the break, we were talking about raising our voices and, and the silence of the DOJ. And I had said, and I had had discussions with Pete Strzok about this and Andy McCabe yeah. about this and Ellie yeah. Honig about this. And I started tweeting, hey, and I tweeted specifically, actually, well, at the Justice Department, but also the D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office, who is who is in charge of this investigation. Yes. We got a new guy down there, and he's kind of a badass. Yeah, thank and, you for also bringing that to everyone's You brought that to my attention, and I, I'm grateful for that. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Thank you for that. And so I started to, hey, because we, we started hearing the former guy was going to speak, the defeated former guy was going to speak on January 6th, and I was like, you know what should happen is right at that day, at that time, we need a press conference from the the DC US Attorney's Office Merrick Garland something and then this and we started tweeting and we got a bunch of people tweeting now i am not saying that Merrick Garland follows twitter and says i better get up and make some comments uh, but there are some very important people Lawrence Tribe uh, who right. who have his ear um and I, I imagine i hope i think maybe they talk uh, but i don't but i don't know uh, i don't know yeah, but in any case, he, he got up, made his speech. I was like, oh, thank you. Thank you. And it was he said more than I thought he would say. You know, I, I thought he was just going to say the same old platitudes we had been hearing from his first remarks. I'm not going to talk about anything specific, but there's an investigation and we'll follow the facts. You know, he actually said at any level, whether they were in the building or not, uh, anyone who's criminally responsible for the attack on our democracy, not the Capitol building. He said our democracy, which I appreciated. It sort of widened the scope a little bit. And his words are a lot more deliberate than the last bunch of fuck nuts we had <laughs> in this position. <laughs> um, so I take them very seriously. Uh, but here's my concern. Because that silence and the slow pace with which justice moves um, and the deliberateness with which it moves, leaves a giant airplane hanger to park disinformation into. Yes. And and that makes the DOJ a perfect target. And I've seen this plain, you've seen it plain as day. You see people attacking the institution, people, you see disinformation about COVID and vaccines and, and disinformation about how it's all Biden's fault, even though it's the maskless and the unvaxxed. We see, I mean, there are so many disinformation campaigns out there and the fbi warned us last march hey in the next 18 to 21 months because of the sanctions we just slapped on russia it's going to be really fucking bad but nobody yeah. seems to be 
noticing when those things happen. However, we need to be able to criticize our institutions legitimately and constructively. And I'm trying my damnedest, desperately, to point out to people the difference between falling for a disinformation op and legit criticism about real concerns. And I feel like the message is getting lost. People also don't want to hear that they've that they're falling for a disinformation op. Uh, and so I'm trying to figure out, is, is that more frogs pointing at frogs in the boiling water? Or should we be focusing our message somewhere else? I, I just really want people to understand that there is a ton of disinformation out there, and it's all designed to exhaust and exasperate people out of showing up at the polls. Yes. Okay. Uh, let's unpack that a little bit. There's a couple of things. I would say to your last questions, yes, yet, yet, we have to talk about something else, which uh, if you're talking only about or only focusing on trying to, um, it's an op. If you believe this, we have to put all our trust. We're doing the same thing with the, as we did with put all your trust in one guy. It, it comes off that way. And also, the urgency of the moment, and there is extreme urgency in this moment. Um, it it the one of my criticisms that that right, that I've talked right. to several people about with the uh, regarding the Department of Justice is you don't have to come out and tell me you're investigating Trump for insurrection. What I need you to do is come out and tell me if you have twenty thousand hours of video, if you have five thousand subpoenas, if you have fifteen terabytes. Who are you putting on this? Where are your resources coming from? Tell me about how fucking urgent it is to you. Uh, that's okay. what I want to hear. That, that's that's what we do need. That and and so it's not it's not your job or my job or anyone else's job to fill the void of the voice for the Justice Department. The Justice Department has a press podium. They have a PRT. They have you know the first person that even a special counsel uh, that Mueller brought on was his person that was going to be what who handled the communications and any communications. Even if you have a completely locked down investigation, because it must be, you're you still uh, that there's uh, for for people to think that there isn't this big operation at the Justice Department that's there and ready to communicate to us. It, that's the most naive thing I've ever heard. So it's not your job. It's not my job. It's their job. And that's why the, the call can be keep talking to us. I don't care if he just keeps coming out. Just read me some laws, right? Like just I read from your textbook. Read, say, hey, I'm here. Tell me <laughs> about know, the 10 people that you charged to today. Tell us in about the, the people you already Keep, keep the, the Justice Department must keep feel, filling the void. It's their void. It's their job to fill that void up so that things don't come in there. So that's one thing, right? That, so yeah, stop. But you know, the other thing is people realize we're in disinformation. There isn't anyone, any of us are going to enlighten to that. We can see reminders of it. Hey, everyone, this is your daily reminder that we're in the middle of a, of a massive attack on our democracy by our adversaries and domestic enablers of that, that are all in positions of power. And that force wants us to become, and oligarchy wants us to become, uh, because they think they're gonna win <laughs> with the ones that are domestic. They all believe that at the end of the day, they're gonna be an oligarch, right? They're gonna be in, in Trump Putin's, you know, Trump Putin's goodwill and good wishes or who, or DeSanta Putin's, right? Whoever, right? G, DeSantis, right? I don't know who the fuck owns that guy. So, <laughs> they're, they're, so uh, you know, 
we, we need a, the daily reminder. Hey, just a reminder, we're in this. Um, but I don't, I think spending your energy there, especially a voice like yours is doing, I'm seeing it frustrate you and you're my friend and um, get out of that place. It, it's, it, it's not healthy. Um, that would be kind of, here I am. I'm talking to you like we talk on the phone. So, so it's not healthy. It's not healthy for you. It's not healthy for anyone else. And it's not healthy for the conversation, which is, which is where people are coming to you for leadership, including myself. You're, you're a great leader of the discourse in the discourse. So get out of that. Okay. So that's, I would say all that to all that. And um, the reading of the tea leaves, which you are brilliant at, and I understand how burned we all got from the Mueller report from doing that. <laughs> yeah. I think the work is to figure out a way, and I do believe you've cracked the code. I just would, I just, if you get the distraction of feeling like you have to defend, you have to speak for the Department of Justice, which I know you always say, I'm not speaking for them, but you've, the disinformation stuff, if you get out of that mode and just stay in the thing of, bringing people on your show to have these conversations, the uh, ha advancing the information that is coming out. I, I, we do, I do need you. I need you and I need the guests that you bring on to talk to me about the charges and what we're now seeing today and what this may or may not indicate and then to temper everyone's expectations. I just, you're better at that than anybody. And I, I need you to keep doing that if you're okay with keep doing that. Yeah, amplify the truth, temper expectations, appropriate profanity. I'm writing right. it down. I'm writing it down. Good, good, good. And, <laughs> and I think also getting, continuing to remind everyone, just remind everyone about the disinformation. They all know. They got it. But we need the daily reminders. And then the reminder about where we still, the democratic process that we still are involved in and that is voting and registering people to vote and talking to people i have someone very close to me been a lifelong democrat a real defender of all things great screaming on the phone yesterday because of of the disappointment in the democrats and disappointment can't believe it is literally possibly going to change their uh affiliation to independent uh, leaving the party so the party needs to get it that uh, people are really in despair and really disappointed and have figure out a way to reach them because those are folks that are falling victim to the disinformation and those are folks and and not that there isn't criticism to be leveled i'm saying when it, we're I'm not advocating for not criticizing where criticism is worth it for, for our leaders in that party. It, I'm saying we're, we're in a two-party system. One party is completely corrupt and is trying to destroy our democracy, actively trying to destroy it. Um, we must keep voting for the good guys. Sometimes a bad guy sneaks in there in in wolf and sheep's clothing, because uh, we'll just use every metaphor today. But <laughs> frogs and pots, wolf, sheep, frogs and pots, wolves and sheep. 
um, chessboards, the whole thing. But um, we can't beat ourselves up for that because it's impossible to know that. We must just keep showing up, lending our voice and keep voting. And, you know, there may be a point where we have to do economic strikes and things like that. The, the real work of peaceful resistance, um, of nonviolent, I should say nonviolent resistance, it's, there's real work left ahead for us quite possibly in this, but, um, you know, pull yourself out of despair, everybody. Yeah, I want to live in a world where everyone is airing their grievances about that uh, about the Democratic Party, but also supporting them and voting for them because the uh, the uh, the uh, the alternative is fascism. <laughs> and literally, let's go all the way full circle. This is this is where we've gotten ourselves before we realize that the pot that we're about to perish. We've gotten ourselves to the point to where we literally only have one very flawed party to vote for. We don't have multiple parties. We don't have, we, we don't, and one is completely rotted out. The other, the other choice is rotted to, the, rotted to the core and in league with our adversaries. So we, we are coming to our awareness of what we actually can do and must do um, in a Hail Mary stretch. Um, and so, you know, put on your big boy, big girl pants. Here we go. More metaphor. And, um, <laughs> you know, and realize what, what we must do, everyone. And throwing an, the only party left under the bus and, and not showing up to vote or changing your thing or giving into that, adding power and volume and voice to, you know, destroying ourselves. Um, to our own destruction is not the way to go. Taking more notes. <laughs> but I appreciate your time today, uh, LB. Thank you so much. I think this was a very important conversation. And um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it out there and see if I can get as many people to listen to it as possible. And um, I hope that... I hope that we have... I hope that we get to have more of these conversations more frequently uh because i think th honestly these are the conversations we need to be having not the difference between 18 us code 1512 c2 and 18 us code 505 and why one sucks and the other's awesome you know i mean those are cool conversations but we also need to have these because we can't miss the forest for the trees right ready for another metaphor <laughs> thought i'd end it on one for you it's perfect trees pants frogs what was the other chat dashboards <laughs> sheep well, all of it. Uh, it's, thank all really, it's all really happening, everybody. It really is. We really are going through this. And it's important to take a moment, stop, pull back, and go, okay, let's breathe. We're going through something here. It's big. Yeah, that's definitely the, the important part of taking care of ourselves and each other and our mental health. So I appreciate your time today. And uh, we will talk again soon, my friend. Everybody check out The World Beneath. Follow Lincoln's Bible on Twitter. You will not regret it. I bet you already are, though. I don't think there's anybody who listens to this that's not already following you. Um, but thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Everybody stick around. Uh, we'll be right back with the Fantasy Indictment League. Hey, everybody. It's AG. You know what you need? You need news that's smart and funny and inspiring. You need the final word podcast with Frangela. America's BFS will keep you informed and energized while you hashtag resist with new podcasts out every Wednesday. 
Then you can get your laugh on with new episodes of Frangela's hysterical Idiot of the Week podcast, where Frangela fights stupid one dumb story at a time. Check out The Final Word and Idiot of the Week on MSW Media and the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network every week. And do yourself a favor and follow at Frangela Duo on all social media today. You'll be glad you did. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's time for Sabotage. Matt Gates is at the end of his rope. This week, prosecutors were finally able to secure the testimony of his ex-girlfriend, who plotted with Maddie to intimidate the minor he raped in a three-way phone call that the ex-girlfriend recorded. Word on the street is that the investigation was stalled and Greenberg's sentencing was delayed a second time to March of 2022 because prosecutors were putting the screws to Matt's ex-girlfriend, threatening her with an obstruction of justice charge if she didn't cooperate. She appears to have finally conceded. Uh, She was seen going into the courtroom Wednesday, and she may have been granted immunity from prosecution in exchange for her testimony against Matt. A prosecutor has told Midas Touch that the case is a slam dunk, and I suppose if you have the cooperation of the person you plotted to intimidate a witness with, your goose may be cooked. And with that, it's time for the Fantasy Indictment League. I'm going to be indicted! No, it is going to be a... Indicted! Honey, dick. Indicted! Honey, they can't. It's going to be okay. Just calm down. I can't calm down. I'm going to be dead. Of course, top pick quarterback this week is Matt Gates, uh, and I'm still looking for L.A. Key and Engels down there in the Middle District of Florida as well. And I'm actually going to call uh, an announcement of an immunity deal with Gates's ex-girlfriend for obstruction slash witness tampering, one of those things, or both. Maybe conspiracy to do those things. And then I'm going to go with superseding Trump org indictments from the Manhattan DA. I think they're going to go with Trump org superseding indictments. Maybe Oka, Little Rico, also known as Little Rico. I'm going to do a plea deal with Calamari, and I'll throw in Tonesing and DeGeneva for, you know, good measure. And then, of course, Rudy. It's been a while. And finally, I'm going to say Donald Trump for obstruction of justice, the Mueller volume two obstruction of justice charges, because here's the thing. Those seditious conspiracy charges that just went down for the Oath Keepers, that tells me that our new U.S. attorney in D.C., Matt Graves, uh, has, has some gravitas. All right, that is our show. Don't forget to check out the MSW Book Club series that starts today, covering the first couple chapters of Corruptible by Brian Kloss. And, of course, I'll see you tomorrow on The Daily Beans. Until then, please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of the planet, and take care of your mental health. I've been A.G., and this is Muller, she wrote. Muller, she wrote is written and produced by Allison Gill in partnership with MSW Media. Sound design and engineering are by Molly Hockey. Jesse Egan is our copywriter and our art and web designer by Joel Reeder at Moxie Design Studios. Muller, she wrote is a proud member of MSW Media, a group of creator-owned podcasts focused on news, justice, and politics. For more information, visit mswmedia.com. They might be giants that have been on the road for too long. Too long. And they might be giants aren't even sorry. Not even sorry. And audiences like the shows too much. Too much. And now they might be giants are playing their breakthrough album, Flood. All of it. 
And they still have time for other songs. They're fooling around. Who can stop They Might Be Giants and their liberal rock agenda? Who? No one. Decide to pay for it with somebody else's money. M.S.W. Media. Hi, I'm Liz Winstead. I'm Moji Alawode-L. And we're the hosts of Feminist Buzzkills, the only weekly podcast that helps you navigate the post-Roe hellscape. We dissect all the news from that sketchy intersection of abortion and misogyny with our guests, the abortion providers and activists working on the ground. Plus, we have amazing comedians to help us laugh through the rage. Feminist Buzzkills drops Fridays wherever you get your pod fix. Listen and subscribe, because when BS is popping, we pop off.